Hi everybody, this is Ben, and this is Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing knowledge about the human body and glimpses into life in medical school. This podcast is for your education and entertainment, mostly entertainment. I do my best to present accurate information, but the podcast is not professional medical advice, and it's also a personal project and does not represent the views of my medical school or any organizations that I'm affiliated with. So this is episode 10. Uh, It's my 13th week of medical school, and the date is November 1st, 2020. We're coming up on the end of a two-week sort of quarantine from campus period where um, there were a number of COVID cases at our medical school among, I think, mostly students, preclinical students. So uh, the school told us to basically all work from home. For the, for the two weeks that we just finished. That's over now, and on Monday, we're welcome to come back to campus and start studying on campus again and going back to a slightly more hybrid model of education. Uh, it's been tough to be away from campus so much. It's kind of hard to remember all the reasons, all the things that I'm excited about at medical school when I'm just studying on my computer at my desk all day. Um, But I know that in the coming weeks and months, I will have some opportunities to meet with patients. I'm going to hopefully start working with an asthma clinic, doing some patient education, and possibly uh, have the opportunity to observe um, some physicians doing some of their work. Uh, More to come on that later. Um, And it's just nice to be able to see people in the halls and say hello, even just distanced with masks on, and then uh, dip back into my study space. It's just nice to be there and feel kind of the energy of all being together. Our big genetics test is tomorrow. And so I had two study groups yesterday, and that was really awesome. It's a lot of fun to hear just to bounce ideas off other people and get to see hear how other people have learned the material and then um, teach each other. I think that's just an awesome way to learn. So we got some experience, this genetics block, making pedigree charts and reading them, family trees basically, but they're designed with a clinician in mind. And so there are symbols that relate to every type of familial situation. They talk about adoptions. They talk about consanguineous or uh, inbreeding. Uh, where not-so-distant family members end up having a child together. Um, And then there's just ways to account for every situation. So it's really interesting. We have a way of codifying all of these messy and interesting relationships among people because we have to learn um, how everybody is related so that we can try to analyze what sorts of genetic conditions might be at work. And it gets very interesting when you look at a pedigree because there are different diseases that can skip a generation or that can get progressively worse across generations or that mostly affect the males or the females in the family. So there are a lot of these inborn genetic problems that can have severe effects right away. Uh, And a lot of these names of diseases end in the word emia or um, urea. We have like galactosemia, oxalic aciduria, phenylketonuria, and 
this is because when these diseases were discovered, they realized we had a really sick child and they tried to figure out what sort of um, processes were at play that they would look at the urine, look at the blood, just try to get some sort of ideas of what was going on. So a lot of times errors of metabolism will be named for what shows up in the blood or in the urine that's, that's extra, that's not normal, that's produced in excess. I think of metabolism kind of like memorizing, learning metabolism is like memorizing a map of a city. We have to become fluent in the different routes that, uh, that something like proteins can take to get to where they need to be in your body. I had an interesting question from a friend about what it's like to do gross anatomy and whether that is gross and what it's like to get that um, really intimate and intense um, introduction to the internals of the human body. Uh, we've been doing some mostly at the cellular level, looking at different kinds of cells and different kinds of tissues and how they come together, um, things like muscles and nerves and the brain and the heart, uh, liver, pancreas, um, stomach, and digestive system. We're going to cover those again later, but we've been just getting an introduction to what these cells look like, how they join together to form tissues and organs. And then starting when we study the musculoskeletal system, we're really going to hit the anatomy hard and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be studying all of the muscles and where they all join the bones and then the nerves and how those control the muscles and get feedback from the muscles. As far as like the typical gross anatomy um, class that you think of with a bunch of like first year medical students putting on lab coats and aprons and going in and, and having a cadaver that's theirs that they're going to start to dissect. We don't do that exactly that way. Uh, at my school, we're going to have a combination of prosected cadavers, which are cadavers that experts have already started to dissect to reveal certain parts of the anatomy. And then we also have electives where we can actually, under supervision, undertake those dissections ourselves. It's, it's too bad. I, I like the idea of being able to get very familiar with a, a, a specific cadaver and learn that body very well and explore anatomy through that lens. But I also think that um, it's it's going to also be a great experience the way that we do it at my school. So, you know, I think it could work well either way. I think another side of that question too is um, I was worried before I came to medical school that I would be squeamish around blood or that I would um, have like a visceral reaction to some of these some of these things that we'll witness as doctors. And so I just tried to expose myself to some of those experiences as much as possible um, in limited ways. So in the emergency department I, where I volunteered, I would um, get a chance to see some people, you know, that had lacerations and, and sometimes I got to um, observe somebody stitching up a wound or something like that. And so I would just try to participate in any way I could. And, and then going forward, um, our library has access to lots of surgery videos that are sort of instructional aids to teach people different surgical procedures. So I've been watching some of those and I feel pretty comfortable, um, just, just knowing more about what's happening, um, in the procedures that I'm watching 
it, it makes it a bit more intellectual and there's, there's more to think about than just the fact that there's a lot of blood at a certain point or that, oh my gosh, like they're just cutting right into somebody's uh, abdomen or something. And so the intellectual part kind of overpowers the initial um, fear that I had of seeing, seeing a surgery or something like that. And so I, I feel pretty comfortable uh, that that's not going to be an issue. Or a better way to put it might be to say that I feel comfortable that my, my curiosity and passion is really going to outweigh the trepidation that I might feel at the time. So I appreciate getting that question and I'm happy to answer any more questions or um, explain something about medical school. If you just want to send me an email, feel free. It's B-R-O-O-T at fastmail.com. And uh, so I'm going to go do some more studying, get a good night's sleep for my test tomorrow. Thanks to David Funkhauser for the intro and outro music. And thanks everybody for listening. Hope you have a great week.